Hello and welcome to this week's Talking Cods Wallop. As ever, I am here. I am James and we um, are going to be... Excuse me. Hold on. I'm back this week, so I'd like to have my comfy seat back. Thank you very much. Well, some perfect things have to be ruined. As you probably guessed, Gemma has returned to co-host with me. I mean, sorry, uh, host, host. If I overstep the mark, I'll get in serious trouble and the beatings will begin once again. <laughs> yes, actually, folks, I am back this week. Woohoo! And not only am I back, I brought a special guest with me. It is the wonderful. Oh, by the way, I'm Gemma, just in case anyone doesn't know who I am. <laughs> but also, I brought a special guest with me, which is the amazing Lucy Caton. Way. Hello. Yay! Yeah, Welcome I was, back, Gemma. I, I, was, <laughs> I was just unsure. Is it Katon or Caton? Which Katon. makes sense because it, I know it's Katon, but it's because yeah. the cats, you know, we've been discussing oh. wonderful, fluffy animals. <laughs> Katon's actually a, a northern name. It's from Manchester. So, ah, Manchester, my... northern people can say it correctly, southern people can't. I say it correctly. Yeah, but I've just because I've told you how to say it. Years of drumming it into you, basically. <laughs> yeah, because for ages I couldn't get your Twitter handle properly, could I? Oh god, yeah. I remember the first time I was on this podcast, it was like, no, this is how you actually say my name. <laughs> this is how my handle is. It's like, oh crap. <laughs> so how has everyone been? I I feel like I've been locked away for in a cupboard. Eating fish heads for God knows how long. So um, <laughs> I thought I'd throw it back to the early days. <laughs> what sort of old wives' remedies do they have for COVID down in Weymouth? Oh, <laughs> sit in a cupboard and eat fish heads. <laughs> well, no, when James was off um, back in the real early days of um, recording with James, if he was off or he wasn't he wasn't behaving or whatever, I would throw him in a cupboard and eat and only feed him fish heads. So that, that makes more yeah. sense. I thought I'd do a little throwback there, but you know, obviously it went over the top of even James's head, I think, as well. No, so I got it. I got it. I I got it. Don't worry. I had I had the flashback moment. To answer the question, how have I been? I have been doing my best best to steer the ship through you the have. choppy waters, uh, codswalp fish, etc. See all interlinks. Yes. All interlinks. It works perfectly. We you have done a fantastic job and I really do appreciate it. And anytime that because I'm still suffering with um symptoms of COVID, I'm still suffering with like the exhaustion side of things. And <laughs> and my <laughs> and my brain keeps it. going <laughs> and yeah, I go, No, I know. I knew yeah. there was a sentence there somewhere. Ah, <laughs> uh, have, have but, you done the trick and I still I still have this where you will write numbers down wrong? So I was given numbers, someone was telling me numbers, and I and this is only few months ago and i'm writing them down incorrectly i think thankfully i managed to catch myself but yeah i'm still i still have my no i mean i moment yeah i was gonna say i kind of do that anyway because i'm dyslexic so i hear in the wrong way if that makes sense with numbers so that's why i have to if people give me numbers it like needs to be in lock, blocks of three but not really quickly you know because otherwise it just goes over the top of my head i don't hear the numbers it's uh i completely blank out so and anyway anyway lucy obviously you're <laughs> glad you've been on the show it's uh as a guest I, you're really feeling you can bring a lot to the show this week as we <laughs> sit and just discuss our health and various maladies impact upon us we are going to talk to you i promise <laughs> yeah so i've had i've had covid and i didn't have all these problems fortunately so i no. have my sympathies but uh yeah it's not not a pleasant 
thing. It isn't pleasant, no, not at all. But uh, anyway, let's let's you know, let's get to the real reason that we've got Lucy here. Lucy had involvement with the Commonwealth Games, and she was one of the bull chain women, and. Everybody in the world could see right up her nose at one point because she was on yeah, screen. One, one billion people, apparently. <laughs> Woohoo! Nice <laughs> claim to fame. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so this is the reason why, other than being a friend, you're the reason that you're here today, isn't it? To sort of discuss that. Yeah. And uh, my reaction when I saw you on the telly, which. <laughs> <laughs> was it was so funny because when I was watching, I was just like, because I was glued to the TV the whole two hours before you came on, and I was like, oh, I'm really bored. I don't want to watch it anymore. <laughs> but I did. I persisted. Uh, when I saw you on the telly, I was like, oh my god! I said it really loudly. Graham jumped out of his seat because <laughs> he didn't know what was going on. Um, Socks ran into the room and was like, Gemma, are you okay? <laughs> Wait, Socks speaks. That's impressive yes. skill. He should be selling. Very clever dog. Get him on the TV. Yeah. Get him on the podcast. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> Never mind me. Get him on. <laughs> well, actually, Lucy, I am here right now. <laughs> I've got a Zoom filter. Oh, my God. If yes. any medical people are listening, I think Gemma's had a stroke. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not Gemma. I'm Mr. Socks. I've got a lisp. That's how you can identify me. <laughs> he's got this amazing filter on his camera that makes him look like Gemma, but he's actually socks. That's really clever. Nice. <laughs> so, Lucy, what was the involvement? You know, how actually, how first of all did you get involved with it? Yeah, all? so um, I first got involved back in, I think it was about February, February or March um, earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they had uh, announcement out for open auditions to be in the opening ceremony, um, and I put my name forward. And the reason I did that is because I had previously auditioned for London 2012 Olympics, and I had been offered a role in that. But as it turned out, back then I couldn't do it for various reasons. So I was already kind of familiar with the audition process, and actually it was quite interesting that some of the people from 2012 were involved in like coordinating the auditions this time round. Mm-hmm. And even more convenient was that the auditions were opposite where I live because they were at Edgebest and Cricket Ground. Um, so I literally just had to just walk over the road to go to the audition. Um, yeah, so we did these auditions and it was they're basically kind of testing out what your skills are. So that we did, they'd give you like a scenario, like imagine, you know, you're pulling a heavy rope or you're stuck in mud and like how would you move to that or imagine you've got to like spin loads of times and they just wanted to see like how kind of like how flexible you are and kind of how coordinated you are and then they did some like dance moves as well and this kind of stuff there's quite it's about a two hour long audition it was quite involved and obviously they then took all our measurements for costumes and that kind of thing and I didn't hear anything for about two months and I started seeing on social media people being like, oh, I've got an email, I've, I've, I've you know, been given a role in the opening ceremony and I didn't get anything. And I was like, oh, well, that was a waste of time, wasn't it? Yeah. But then about a day later, I then got an email saying that I'd been put in a, we were given like secret codes for the names of the groups. So I was put in a group called BCH for the opening ceremony. And I was also invited to do the closing ceremony. And But we didn't really know what those groups were mm-hmm. until we went to our first rehearsal and actually that code for that group meant bull chain handler, which became known as the bull women because we were the women with the chains pulling the bull into the arena. Yes. 
Can, can I ask, Lucy, how interesting, where did you first find out about, because you mentioned there was an advert, and obviously you've been interested in the, the initially in the, 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 the uh, London Olympics, but how, where did the advert, how, for anyone who is looking for the future, where do you find the original, and yeah. you know, how do you become aware of these things? So I, I think I saw it, I had signed up, because it was obviously Birmingham Commonwealth Games, I live in Birmingham, I'd signed up to the Commonwealth Games like Facebook page quite early on, and I think that's where I first saw the advert. But I also, um, I, I work for the University of Birmingham and they're one of the key sponsors of the Commonwealth Games. And they had also circulated information about auditions because they want st- wanted staff to be involved in volunteering in any any kind of form. So, so yeah, it was, it was actually quite well advertised, I think. Um, it's just, uh, I think a few people also in my group were part of like dance groups or drama groups, choirs, that kind of stuff. So I think a lot of, if you're involved in performing arts, they were kind of targeting those groups as well because obviously they weren't quite a diverse range of skills. Like it was an open audition. You, I like yeah, the it was fact that you initially, initially was saying like, you know, flexibility, coordination. I've fallen those hurdles straight away. So. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what the funniest thing was? So at the end of the audition, they had this like freestyle bit. So they got everyone in like a sort of semicircle and they had a video camera at one end, like on a, like a, say it was like a sort of square and they wanted you to go across the diagonal and they said, just freestyle it, like show show your personality, show us the best of you. Like that's like the worst thing for me because I don't dance. I'm not very imaginative. So I channeled like David Brent and I was doing it all the... <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was so cringe. Uh, yeah, <laughs> apparently that's what they were looking for. <laughs> and it, the worst thing was that one of the women in my group I told them this. They're like, "Oh my god, I remember you from the audition." I was like, "In a in a good way or a bad way?" Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was it was yeah. I mean, there was because there were some people there who were doing like somersaults or like street dance or ballet and that. And there's me just like David Brent style, like. <laughs> You've got all the somersaulting people, the people you basically end up hating. <laughs> yeah, I think, the, I think the dancers were put in the dance group, and I was put yeah. in the performers group. <laughs> yeah. Which is not a bad thing. Like, it's not a bad thing. But you know, you've always you obviously showed that you had character, at least. You yeah, know. I guess. that's very generous of you, Gemma. Thank you. <laughs> well, we are friends, and I am yeah. seeing you soon. So, you know. <laughs> but no, it's true though. I mean, you did put on a performance, you know, yeah, you did do actually, a good job. So well, yeah. So that it was the head of casting and the head of choreography that apparently were like choosing who was in what so obviously they, they probably did have set things they were looking that people could do mm-hmm. so i guess that was what they were looking for yeah uh, and just it, refresh my memory what was the the time difference between you'd done the audition and finding out you'd, you'd say you got an email yes yeah, so the audition was i think it was like maybe late february early march and then i got the email in about may time so it was a couple of months i mean they were looking for like I think 2,000 performers. So obviously there's a lot of auditions for them to go through. It is so much. It's got to be such a hard job in a way, isn't it? Actually filtering it down to uh, just that amount of people because you imagine all of the applications that come through. But yeah. uh, obviously David Brent, you know, dancing is obviously something <laughs> they were looking Apparently for. Apparently so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll, have to, we'll have to do that demonstration, you know, next time we go out or whatever. But um <laughs> what were the other people that you were with 
like you know were they were a nice bunch of people yeah, oh they were an amazing bunch of people so there was um 50 of us in our group 49 women and one man mm-hmm. <laughs> which uh oh yeah so harry harry was our, our token man he was like his role was kind of like the sort of master of these sort of slave women yeah. um but yeah everyone else it was a really nice group because they were a huge um sort of mixture of ages you know demographic ethnicity all those kind of things it was a huge range of people and it we literally just kind of got on from day one because I remember the the first audition uh, the first rehearsal we went to we were all been told you know our group is called BCH you know ball chain handler we didn't really know what that meant mm-hmm. so of course you know you're sat in the waiting area be like oh, what does that mean and we, we kind of got it in our heads that our role was going to be that they were going to have so the uh, the mascot for the Commonwealth Games was this multicolored bull called Perry. Yeah. And we had it in our heads that it was going to be a giant inflatable Perry and we were going to be like holding the ropes as he goes around the arena. And it's totally like obviously not what we ended up doing. But the fact that well, we I kind of bonded was, over the Yeah, I was going to say, I suppose it was very similar in some ways. Well, it was but, a bull. Yeah, and it <laughs> was the also... Only, only similarity. <laughs> yeah, was... we weren't expected to have like fancy costumes right? we just thought we were going to be like dressed in all black holding some ropes and you know uh, everyone else is kind of getting all the glory <laughs> <laughs> well at least you didn't have to be you know one of the swimmers that was sitting around in the water for quite some time yeah so they um apparently the the water wasn't even like room temperature it was like just normal cold tap water Ooh. and the, i don't think the suits <laughs> were like wet suits they were just like obviously like dance yeah suits. so they were they were quite chilly <laughs> Yes, I can imagine that they would be, definitely. So, but they're professional ballet dancers, so I guess it's kind of, it didn't, they were the ones that got paid, so uh, to okay. be expected. <laughs> well, in that case, if they got paid, then they can yeah. uh, they can suffer <laughs> for their art, can't they? Exactly. <laughs> to be fair, the, the very cold water would be motivational. Yeah, you want to yeah. do your movements nice and quick to <laughs> warm yourself up. Uh, yeah, we did have one rehearsal during the heat wave. I think it was our wasn't a dress rehearsal but it was one of the the weekends that it was like you know 30 odd degrees I'm sure they were quite happy to be in the water for that but the rest of us were sweating in our massive long skirts and that kind of thing yeah (laughs) were you when you found out then that you were obviously one of the ball chain women you sort of like over the moon with that because it's kind of it was a very for anyone who didn't see it which if you didn't see it you're not one of the one billion people but (laughs) (laughs) Um, i'm sure we can find a clip to put on your uh, social media absolutely i'll let you choose it because i kept taking pictures of you (laughs) up your nose and stuff so (laughs) but um yeah because it's quite a it's quite a steampunk performance wasn't it yeah so, you know, and I know that you kind of like the, you know, like alternative type stuff. So was did you feel like that was a really good match for you kind of thing? It was in the end. But the interesting thing was that we didn't really find out exactly what the scene would look like until we started rehearsing at the stadium. OK, so we did a lot of our rehearsals down in Longbridge um, at one of the disused car plants because it's a massive brownfield open area. And we were actually rehearsing with like a crane instead of the bull. And they wouldn't really give us much clue of what the bull looked like. We saw a picture of it, but they were very cagey about actually what it looked like. I think they just wanted to keep it a surprise for everyone. Yeah. Um, so and on the rope, the chains that we were rehearsing with, some of them were just like chains you could buy in like B&Q. Some of them were just ropes. Some of them were the actual chains. So we didn't really get a sense of actually what the scene would look like until we were sort of doing the dress rehearsals and seeing ourselves in our costumes and the bull actually as he is and how it interacts with the scenes that come before and after. Yeah. So, yeah, to begin with, we just, yeah, 
it was just kind of like okay we do this bit and then we stand here and then we do this you didn't get the impact of it until you actually we did our first sort of dress rehearsal and then we're like okay this is this is quite a big moment in the actual the whole ceremony as a whole yeah it was definitely a dramatic piece uh James did you did you watch it I'm going to put you on the spot now (laughs) so yes I I have to be honest no said out the tv so it's on youtube I'll send I will you the link. on YouTube then. Yeah, uh, the whole thing's on YouTube. Came, when it came to rehearsal, though, what was the most challenging part of that? Was there any of it that really, like, you think it oh, dear God sort of thing? What have I got myself into? Yeah, I think I think for me, so I, I have done some, like, drama training and stuff. So for me, like, following directions isn't a challenge. Um but I think for some of the other people in my cast group, because they we are all amateurs, you know, and, and most people had never done anything like this before. So I think for some people, actually being told to do something, being given notes, being given corrections, they they struggle with that. And and what you found quite a lot was we had we'd be told like how we're supposed to be in a scene. So for example, when the bull first kind of breaks his chains we were originally told to be like really scared and we were supposed to be like calming the audience down and like saying, Oh, it's okay. And then when the director came to watch us, he then was like, actually, this doesn't work. He's like, no, what I actually want is when the chains break, you're being released from your slavery and you're kind of bold and emboldened by that. Mm. And I think some people really struggled with that whole change of approach Whereas I think because I'm kind of used to that, I, I didn't find it so difficult. But there were some people who three or four rehearsals later were still doing this. Oh, you know, calm down. And it's like, no, 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 you're not supposed to. You're supposed to be like strong and bold. Um, so I think that was probably the biggest challenge was for the creators to remember that all the cast, apart from like ballet dancers and that majority of the cast were complete amateurs and aren't used to that kind of direction and those things like corrections and notes and that kind of stuff. Sorry, I thought James was going to respond. <laughs> and then there was silence. <laughs> no, I was waiting, I was into waiting silence. for Gemma to say something. Okay, well, there you go, see. Right, clearly lots of edits this episode. <laughs> Especially the part where it becomes where that I've not seen it. Just <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lingo. Oh, yes, I, I really enjoyed that bit. Just pretend was, you've seen it. it. Was, this is the part you insert. I so saw dramatic. it. It was absolutely wonderful and it was inspiring as well. Yeah. We feel very, very, very impressed by what was pulled together for the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, Gemma, add, I can add that bit in. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> James. I mean, without even seeing it, you summed it up in a, you know, I mean, seeing it, you, you, you know, <laughs> let's, you know, let's move on. But um, <laughs> so when was the first time that you actually saw the bull for the, you know, for the first time? So the first time, well, I didn't see the bulb with the rest of the group because I had COVID that week. Oh, of course, yeah. Well, actually, in terms, if, if I was going to catch COVID, I caught it at the best time because we had a week. So we had been rehearsing down in Longbridge at the old MG plant and they then had to move everything over to Alexander Stadium for the dress rehearsals. Mm-hmm. And they had a week to do that. So we didn't have, we had a week's gap, whereas we had been rehearsing like two days a week. And that was the week I got COVID. So I was really, really lucky, actually, that the week that I had COVID, we weren't, I wasn't really missing anything. But I did, I was still testing negative on the Saturday. So um, I was like, I can't go. Um, then on the Sunday, I, I was negative and I was fine. Yeah. So I went and and actually it was, I was a little bit disappointed for the reveal because when I got there, he was just sort of stood in the middle of the arena. 
Oh. And I was like, oh, oh, is that him? They're like, oh, yeah. Whereas the rest of the group, they'd hidden him away and they'd brought them round and filmed their reaction. So, oh. yeah, I'd missed out on that. But, I mean, he was still hugely impressive. But, yeah, it wasn't quite, it wasn't quite as dramatic as the rest of the group. No, that is a shame, though. And, yeah, what? well, I was going to say, what relevance does the ball have to Birmingham? Because I kind of, I know that there is a lot of relevance, but I'm not really sure what it is, so... Yeah, so the bull is, so you obviously know there's the bull ring shopping centre. Now, years ago, the bull, the reason the bull ring is called the bull ring is because it used to be a market where they would sell bulls. Ah, okay. The bull is like the symbolic animal of Birmingham. And when you go to the bull ring, there's like a sort of metal brass bull that's like the sort of mascot of the shopping centre. And then the games itself, they had Perry the bull, who was like the colourful mascot. So, yeah, the bull's kind of the unofficial animal of Birmingham yeah I think a child designed that bull yeah she did yeah yeah which was uh it was actually quite good so um you know they obviously did quite a good job yeah definitely (laughs) most children would be like no but you wonder if there was a bit of help from the uh the uh marketing department perhaps but um, yes or mummy and daddy (laughs) mum and dad maybe mum and dad's a branding brand ambassador or something <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But uh yeah, so that is, you know, that's actually quite interesting to sort of know what the history of that is because I didn't realize that that actually was a proper, you know, like like you said a market to actually sell the bulls and stuff like that. So mm. yeah. And I think I think also the so as I've, I've been told is that one of the other reasons is because the bulls are kind of in chains and basically are like enslaved and the women themselves were making chains for the slave trade and therefore they're representative of this kind of slavery yeah that is affecting the bulls and people of that time there's a whole like dramatic <laughs> explanation for it that I don't really understand but yeah several layers of meaning <laughs> and was your bit directed by um the guys involved with the uh, Peaky Blinders no. <laughs> oh, okay. Stephen Knight, I, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't think Stephen Knight had a lot of involvement with the opening ceremony. The martial costumes were sort of Peaky Blinders themed. Yeah. The closing ceremony had a bit of a Peaky Blinders theme to it, but we never saw him. So our scene and most of the scenes were directed by someone called Iqbal Khan, who is the artistic director director of the Birmingham Rep, which is our okay. main theatre in Birmingham. And he's him and a lady called Maeve wrote our scene and were the ones who were on on physically there watching us, giving us notes, that kind of thing. We never saw Stephen Knight. And I think personally, I think his name was attached to it to give it that kind of attention because everyone loves yeah. Peaky Blinders. Yeah, and obviously being in Birmingham as well. So it was obviously, yeah. So he had to kind of be involved. But no, no, I never saw him. He was there. He was there at the opening ceremony. He was there at the closing ceremony. But we never saw him actually like giving people notes or watching the rehearsals or that kind of stuff. That's a shame in some ways, isn't it? But at the same time, I suppose, you know, I suppose he just lended his name and it was just yeah like, and he's he's enough. a he's a film and tv director you know he's not a theatre director it's a theatrical piece so it actually would have been unusual I think from a professional point of view to have him there because it's not his his kind of area of expertise whereas you know we had choreographers and theatre directors kind of directing mm. us which is what, what we needed yeah question yeah. I have Lucy is obviously you've been through all the rehearsal you've seen the the, the bull and whatnot so it comes to the the big day, the event itself. How do you get past the nerves? 
how, how did he get into it? Because obviously you can have the sweaty palms. It was me personally, I had the sweaty palms and be hmm. uh, Gemma's, because there is audio, Gemma's uh, and video, Gemma's casting aspersions that Lucy was get, uh, drinking heavily to get through this problem. <laughs> I doubt that is the case. Not allowed. just projecting. Uh. So, Lucy, what did you do? I actually wasn't that nervous. Um, the reason I wasn't nervous, and sorry, Bertie's just causing chaos here yeah Bertie's the cat just so you Bertie's know cat. You can edit yeah. that he's just decided to start knocking things over because he wants attention that's um, fine <laughs> so the reason I wasn't nervous is because we had earpieces in our ears mm-hmm. which were taped in and we had somebody telling us basically what to do okay so when we're pulling the bull on we weren't having to remember how many steps they were telling us like one two like pacing how fast we were supposed to go telling us like when the chains were going to break telling us like when to get onto the the main stage because there's certain bits because of like health and safety we had to keep a certain distance from the bull because he's actually like a vehicle basically mm-hmm. um, but so we had someone telling us all that so as long as you had the earpieces working and you knew where you were supposed to be standing for certain bits you didn't really have to actually remember anything and for me nerves always come from forgetting to do something or forgetting where I'm supposed to be standing um so I didn't have to what kind of worry about that also it helped that my I was number 26 out of like 49 so I was right in the middle so any scene we did I just had to remember to be in the middle um so yeah I didn't really have to worry about remembering things and it was it was actually strange like I remember I kind of was on autopilot for a lot of it and there was one bit where so halfway through the scene that I was sat on the floor and the bull's like crying blood because he's basically dying and that's when it hit me that it was like, oh, my God, I'm actually like on, on the opening ceremony of the Commonwealth Games and there's all these people watching. This is really weird. But up till then, I've just been kind of like, yeah, in the zone. Yeah, it's completely zoned it out. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's the best way to be, to be completely honest. And um, but also probably helps us because if I remember rightly, you said that when you had your reverse rehearsal, sorry, not reversal, <laughs> <laughs> you reverse back. Reverse no. back. <clears throat> yeah. So when you had your rehearsal, you um, you weren't being filmed, were you? So, yeah. So we had two dress rehearsals where the BBC's cameras were there and obviously they have to line up if they are going to use that shot, like line it up and that. Yeah. And the camera had been there, but it hadn't been pointing in my face. It had just been kind of filming in between my lines. Um, so I wasn't really expecting them to zoom in on me. And actually the bit that they did film was the one bit I was a bit nervous about because I had to pretend to fall down and then I had to be able to get up quickly and then run to the front. Yeah. So I had to sort of like a fake fall. Um which I kind of didn't really want to be filmed, but yeah, it, it didn't go as badly as I <laughs> thought. I was going to say do. it looked it looked brilliant. You know, you didn't. Yeah, because everyone didn't... else could literally like fall to the ground, or I had to kind of fake fall so I could get up quickly and then run round. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I think yeah, I think it went okay. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't look out of. Uh, sorry, it's just because it didn't look out of place. Well, that's there. good. So, yeah, that's good. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a friend. I'm literally saying that because it didn't look out. <laughs> no, I've place, watched so. it back and I'm like, yeah, yeah. it looks quite normal. <laughs> yeah. Now, Sorry, James. It's interesting to say that to hear that you actually given earpieces, yeah. which makes a lot of sense. And I'll just spare a thought for the poor person whose earpiece probably fell. Oh, off. he was such, he was an amazing, it's a guy called Chris. He's also a, a dancer slash choreographer slash amazingly talented person. Um, and yeah, he was our, our in-ear piece, but he had the most like amazing, soothing, calming voice. He was just so calm the whole way through. 
So you actually felt relaxed when he'd be like, okay, ball women, and now we're going to do scene number, blah, blah, blah. And and you just felt like, oh, yeah, it's all fine. Chris is in our ears and he's going to talk us through it and it's all fine. <laughs> and, and also, because I think what James was uh, saying as well was the fact that, you know, you felt sorry for the one person who's... Uh, whose earbuds yeah. didn't actually you work. Imagine yeah. the one person who's picking yeah. up a signal from elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so there was, yeah, <laughs> like I think our second dress rehearsal, somebody's earpiece didn't work. So she was having to kind of watch the rest of us because there's some bits where we had to do like hand movements. Mm. So she was having to watch the rest of us like for the cues. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. I guess that was one of the. Th- and also, the um, the radio mics were right under our skirts. It's not like if you say you accidentally pulled out the earpiece or something, you couldn't just quickly plug it back in because it's like under several layers of skirt. Yeah. So yeah, I was very, very fortunate that didn't affect me. <laughs> Seems like a very inappropriate place to have a microphone, doesn't it? <laughs> well, you couldn't have it seen, so they don't want to reveal yeah. the magic, do they? So you couldn't have it visible. <laughs> no, no, exactly. But uh, it still does also make it sound a oh, bit funny oh, as well. We, in our dressing room, you know, we saw each other in many states of undress. You know, you, yeah. get, you get to know people quite well when you're putting on several <laughs> layers of costume and plugging in each other's microphones and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And also like the, the crazy hair that you all had as well, wasn't it? Yeah. So I had uh, I had a wig, like a ponytail wig. So they put okay. my hair in because my hair is a bit, it was a bit longer back then, but it's, you know, not that long. Um, so they put it in like a high ponytail and then clipped this hairpiece to it and then just like messed it up. And yeah, I, I went out, I went out um, to uh, walk about afterwards, fully costumed with my hair. All crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. Good for you. That's what I say. Good for Never you. Never going to wear that again. So why not make the most of it? No. And at least it wasn't your own hair because I can imagine how painful that would have been if uh, they'd had, you'd had to have tried to brush that out of your own hair. Yeah, well, to be fair, it was still quite bad. So I took um, the hair piece out on each rehearsal and then the performance itself. And then they they caked it in hairspray because obviously mm. they needed it to stay in place. And trying to brush out that hairspray, it was just, oh, it was awful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's nothing worse. I know James knows because he's got a like <laughs> wonderful, you know, wonderful head of hair himself. I don't, but... well, I don't, I don't use hairspray, but, but I can recognise the pain of dealing with it. <laughs> He says he doesn't need hairspray, but we don't really know for sure. I mean, it is perfectly up like that, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's very, it's very on point. Yeah, couldn't possibly come and it can't keep my skills or my uh, skills away, can I? No, no. I mean, one day you might, but uh, possibly. That's a special episode. The rumors of the wooden teeth, also, they may be explained as well. But who knows? You know. It's one for the future. That's for the after dark episodes. Yeah, I d- after dark. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely am still convinced that those are dentures. So uh, <laughs> he takes them out at night. <laughs> it always used to be because it's he's them out this off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it always used to be because in the early days you'd always have like a bit of a whistle when he talked and it was like I'd always just like associate that with oh it's a good job you're a friend Lucy so that we can have the silly banter at the same time <laughs> I'm sure James is, is of the same opinion like these people getting up on me <laughs> <laughs> one of the other questions that I was thinking of as well was because obviously you had your performance and then you were all stood around the ball 
And then for ages, you're all like clapping and stuff like oh. this. And you're all, your arms are <laughs> up in the air. How did your arms feel by the end of all of that? Because it looked like it would probably be painful. <laughs> yeah. So, so we had a, a different person in our ears, a guy called Nathan, who's an amazing Australian uh, choreographer, uh, doing the whole, you know, move this way to clap your hands and that. And he's like, you won't have any bingo wings after this. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true because we were doing, but uh, you actually, you, uh, you learn some techniques to make it look like you're clapping. Yeah. So it looks like you're doing a forceful clap, but you're actually not. So there's kind of different techniques you could learn to make it look like you're doing the moves properly, but you're not really doing them because the one we always found the hardest was the We Will Rock You when England came out. Yeah. Because that was like two minutes. They, they told us it was, they said, oh, it's 30 minutes of like clap, clap point. It, it felt like 30 minutes. <laughs> it was like, yeah. this is not 30 seconds. And then we had to do air guitar for like another minute. Um, but yeah, I think also what helps is the adrenaline. Like when you're, yeah. when you're actually there and you've got an audience watching you and you've got these athletes around you, that kind of like, you want to give them a good show. So you kind of, it drives you through that slight ache and pain. But yeah, yeah I'm, yeah, not not looking to do any <laughs> arm movements or uh, we will rock you clapping anytime soon. Oh, I was just going to break into song. We will, we will rock you. I was thinking you actually were almost mind reading then, Lucia. I was going to ask because when you got through it all and finished it, what? How do you handle the massive drop in adrenaline? You go to walk about till four in the morning. <laughs> That's how you cope with it. Yeah, we were all on we were all on such a high that you know there was no way you could go home and go to bed. It was just impossible. I mean, it took us about probably about an hour to kind of get out of the the stadium after the ceremony because obviously we had to let all the spectators leave. Mm. We had some stuff we had to, we had to hand back certain bits of our costumes and we had to kind of sort out our own like personal belongings and stuff. So we didn't get out until after an hour but yeah you're on such a high and you and I think because it went well you know you really want to you know keep that buzz so yeah a yeah. few of us went out and we had a cast after party so that was a really nice way to to sort of commemorate it and actually when we got to walk about they had the ceremony on on the big screens they didn't have the sound on but they just had the the, the actual images playing so we could watch ourselves back which was really cool because we'd none of us had seen it so yeah yeah so that people- was awesome yeah, people were looking at you going, um, oh, I noticed that hair. Oh, oh, that was you. <laughs> well, that was the funny thing, because obviously, as I think I said to you, Jim, separately, like I wasn't expecting to be on TV at all. I thought, oh, you yeah. might get the old glimpse or something in a group shot. Um, and I got on the bus um, going back into town and because like, there was no phone signal in, in the stadium because there's so many people. Yeah. My WhatsApp just started like blowing up and I was like my work chat was going and like you were messaging me and my parents messaging me I was like what on earth and there was people sending me screenshots of me on telly and I was like oh my god like what happened and then when we got to walk about and they were showing the ceremony I was like oh my god that's me so I actually saw the whole scene I was like oh my god that's me like this is crazy (laughs) right up my nose (laughs) did did you uh did you get to take anything as a memento? Or should I ask us, did you take anything? Uh, yeah, I got I got my <laughs> costume. Um, so I got the, the skirts, the wig, the shoes, everything. They say basically, so they've they've put some of their costumes on the auction site. I don't know why, because they told us they were going to give them to um like community groups and like local theatres, but apparently that's not happened. Um so yeah, I got my costume from the opening ceremony and I got my costume from the closing ceremony. 
And then we, they gave us, which was really nice, like these commemorative programs, um, which had our names in them. So they had like listed the whole cast and they had like pictures from throughout all the different scenes and kind of explained what all the scenes were. So that was a really nice oh. memento. Yeah, that's really lovely. EBay. Yeah. Put it on eBay. No. <laughs> maybe, maybe in like, you know, a few years time if I'm poor. <laughs> yeah. No, they're they're really nice things to keep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah just give it a little signature <laughs> this is me <laughs> but no it is always nice to keep things like that at least yeah, and I like I like things that are quite small and don't take up too yeah. much space which is why whilst I did take the costume and I was happy to take it I'm also now a bit like right what do I do with this because <laughs> it's the yeah. skirt is massive and it's like you can't just fold it all up and put it in like a little carry-on suitcase it's like a big skirt or two big skirts and the shoes and all that so I need to have a bit of think about where I'm going to store it yeah I wonder if and, and I'm going to be all practical for a minute but and I know it's really bizarre but um I wonder if you know you can get those bags that you can like get the hoover and make them oh, like, like really bags. tiny yeah that's true yeah. I could get I that one of, one of my um fellow bullwomen had uh got a um what they call those mannequins you know you dress dressmaker oh, yeah. mannequin and she'd put the costume on that and it's like that looks really cool but also like really really creepy because it's like, it's like headless woman just standing in your living room <laughs> you could always get like a famous person mask to put That's over true. the top yeah <laughs> <laughs> i have one of kevin smith i can bring it to you if you want <laughs> yeah that'd be a good idea yeah <laughs> obviously that was a uh, amazing i didn't watch the closing ceremony so what what was your Aussie? Oh my god. I, I didn't realise that he was on there. So well, you're gonna have to send me a link to that. Yeah, um, I will do. Yeah. But how how was the closing ceremony? So the closing ceremony was completely different because we were just marshals for that. And okay. by marshals, it's not like you know showing you to your seats, it's just on on the kind of main field. We literally just formed like a human barrier between groups of athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we did have to do some of that whole dancing and coordinated stuff, but we were basically there just to, what they wanted was, they had about, I think about 1500 athletes that turned up to the closing ceremony and they just wanted to keep them in specific groups so that it just looked a bit better on camera. Yeah. So our role was just to kind of try and stop them going to a different group. But at the end of the day, it's like they're there to celebrate. So we're not really going to stop them if it's not necessary. Um, so yeah, I just got to stand there and basically enjoy the closing ceremony. Yeah, and how was Aussie? Now that you're talking about Aussie, it was yeah, it was amazing. So we we um so we had done one dress rehearsal a few days before, and what had there was no indication that there was going to be an appearance from Black Sabbath. Um, we they did the the handover bit to Australia, Australia's performance, and then we were told in our ears like, "That's it, you know, let's do the bit where we're saying goodbye to the athletes." There was no indication that anything else was going to happen. Mm. And then in the actual ceremony, well, during the day, it was quite interesting. So in the, because we have to, you have to get to the um, stadium about like six hours beforehand, just because they want you to make sure you're there so they can get you like costume and hair and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, And at some point that afternoon, we had to do like a walkthrough of where we had to go because we hadn't actually rehearsed in the stadium. We'd only rehearsed at the rehearsal space in Longbridge. So we'll put our headphones in and they're playing Paranoid. And I'm like why are they playing Black Sabbath? That's a bit weird. And they don't just play music just for like testing the sound. They only play music when they actually need to. So it was, everyone was a bit like, hmm, what's happening here? Mm. Um, so that was our first clue. And then later on that afternoon, 
somebody had said they'd seen Sharon Osbourne. And we were like, yeah, but have they though? Are they just winding us up? Yeah. And then someone else had said they'd seen the Spice Girls. <laughs> so that's when we were like, okay, you are just winding us up now. Because there was yeah. a rumour there was going to be a, a special finale. So, of course, we all kind of assumed it might be Black Sabbath. But then the people were like, oh, it's the Spice Girls. We're like, well, the Spice Girls have nothing to do with Birmingham. None of them are from Birmingham. Yeah. So it's not going to be them. Yeah, and that's, that's what I was silly, just thinking. Yeah. The silly rumours then just started. So then you don't just don't believe anybody because then someone else said that they've seen Aussie and it's like, never have you, no. Yeah. So it was during the ceremony, it was when um, Prince Edward was doing his speech, I noticed the drum kit had appeared on like the centre stage. And I was like, hmm, wonder what this is for. Mm. Uh, and then, it, but it wasn't until Ozzy actually kind of rose up from the stage and actually appeared I was, that I believed he was there. Like yeah. up until then you're just like, oh my God, if it is, it's amazing. But yeah, until you see him, you just don't believe it's going to happen. No. And it's kind of, well, going by the, the last time that I saw Ozzy Osbourne, um, so he, he was actually playing um you know it was like a solo gig but obviously he had a band behind him and whatnot yeah. um but the last time I saw him it was kind of bittersweet because it was like oh my god that's Ozzy Osbourne but then it was also like that's a really old frail man you know yeah and so it's really sad in some ways but uh he's still yeah. got it a little bit uh, well that's why we none of us kind of thought it was going to happen so so we were told that for the opening ceremony that they had wanted him to appear and he, mm. they were told like he's he's got I think he's got Parkinson's or he's yeah. had a stroke or something so he's you know he's really not well and he lives in LA so it's just too much so actually what we did do is we as bull women we were allowed to name the bull so yeah. we called the bull Aussie because we were yeah. like you know it's icon of Birmingham that's the fitting name mm-hmm. um, and actually at the end of the opening ceremony um, we were told that Ozzy Osbourne's oldest son from his first marriage was there and was told that we'd called the bull Aussie and he's like oh I'll tell my dad he'll love it you know um, and apparently he'd watched the opening ceremony and I think he'd seen is it Tommy Tommy Yomi Iomi, uh, yeah he's the, the guitarist or he'd Tony seen him, I think, Tony oh. Tommy I can't remember I'm gonna have to google it while you're talking google so, it yeah yeah because so he'd I, apparently he'd seen the opening ceremony he'd seen him perform and was just like oh you know I, I wish I could take part and I think I imagine there's probably like an open invitation for him to to come over and, and be part of it. Yeah. And I think that's what kind of made him think, yeah, do you know what? It's just, this is a once in a lifetime thing. I'm going to do it. And apparently also afterwards, um, Sharon Osbourne was saying to people like, she's like, I've never seen him move like this. It's like he's 20 <laughs> years younger. He's amazing. Cause obviously he was so like rejuvenated by just doing, you know, three minutes song on stage and having everyone yeah. cheering for him. Yeah. And being home as well, I suppose. Yeah, being yeah. You know, he's from Aston, which is like three miles down the road. So, yeah. yeah. And it is, um, just so that we know, it is Tony Iommi. It's Tony. So, yeah. Oh, that right. yeah. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. You'll edit that in perfectly, Gemma. It'll be seamless. Well, no, I, I think that imperfections are beautiful, actually, James. So, you know, sometimes sometimes Google needs to be our friend. But um, <laughs> we we got the last name right. We just got the first yeah. name wrong. We just Which thought he was funny, Tommy. I thought the last name I wouldn't be able to pronounce. But there yeah. You go. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, God, that sounds absolutely amazing. Did you get like free tickets to not free tickets, but tickets to like go and see any of the the what they call races and stuff like that no, yeah well no no so they weren't they, no they didn't give us anything free no oh, um, bastards. no I'd, I'd actually before i'd got the the part i had um they had like a ballot for tickets and i'd actually got quite a lot of stuff through there 
So I went to, because I, I, I think I mentioned before, I live opposite Edgbaston Stadium. So I went to the cricket like three times. Um, and then we also had what actually one of my favourite events was we had the marathon um, and it went like sort of past my flat and then around around the park next to my flat and then oh, back cool. into town. So that was really awesome because we kind of got to see the athlete, each athlete like four times. Yeah. And it was a really good atmosphere. So um, sort of further down the road from where I live, we had like a load of Welsh people, obviously clear, cheering on the Welsh athletes. Um, and it was just a really good atmosphere. It was like a Saturday morning. It was quite early. But um, and it was free. So, but yeah, yeah, it was a really good. And then I went to the athletics at the Alexander Stadium, and I went to the volleyball final, which was bizarre because it was just like they're just trying to create atmosphere. And I'm not, I'm not into wacky. So yeah. all this kind of like wacky music and trying to do Mexican waves and having like people dancing while they're raking in the sand, I was just not into. <laughs> I was just like, no, can we get on with the uh, volleyball, please? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it sounded like James, James, were you trying to say something then or no? Okay. No, his, head, enjoy- his headphones have finally given up the ghost. <laughs> yes. Just enjoying the thing. If the headphones go, I'll be like. It's just like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I can't remember if we said this while we were recording or not. But in true James's fashion, you know, she he he thinks, oh, Gemma's back. So, you know, it's all good. Yeah. I don't have to prepare yeah, yeah. or anything now. Yeah. I can it's sit right. back this, and just relax. From, it's all right. This coming from the person who didn't turn up for about 10 minutes and they went, I'm just going to go for it when they finally get it work. Yeah, that's too fair. I, 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 as, <laughs> as a guest, I was here first and then I had yeah. five minutes of Gemma's thing connecting. I mean, guys, just remember who does the editing. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that all that all happened. But what I was going to say was is that James if, decided. If you're editing Gemma, I just want to say what will happen is revenge will be that every time it comes to me, there'll just be silence. <laughs> there was anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I was going to say was very quickly is that uh, James actually, even though I messaged him this morning, decided not to charge his uh, headset. So. Uh, He's only been on 20%. Epic it's fail. Still, it's still going. It's still going. Yeah. It's not an M- all you'll M- know, M-Pow headset. All you'll know when it, when it completely fails is that it'll be like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so obviously, Lucy, you've had this amazing experience now, and I bet life just feels really boring now, doesn't it? Oh, God, it's so boring. Like, so, so for rehearsal, so I was rehearsing minimum of twice a week, mm. plus there were days where it was like all day, either Saturday or Sunday. So basically like, yeah, two or three days a week and, you know, being surrounded by very creative, talented people and now I'm back to reality and I'm like, what do I do with myself now? Mm. <laughs> uh, Lucy, I, I'll just help you out here. What Gemma was doing was trying to feed you there, saying that, you know, the response should have been, Yes, I've gone from this amazing thing, but I'm still traveling high up that mountain by being on Talking Codswalk. Well, just, I mean, just once again, surrounded by talented, creative people. You know, this is a small taste of what I had recently experienced at the Commonwealth Games. Uh, hold on, small, small taste? <laughs> as small as in it's, this is only like an hour or two hours. Uh, that's, that's in terms of time length. Not in terms of creativity. Oh, okay. No problem. Yes, we can still (laughs) be friends. (laughs) Well, actually, I was going to say when this episode comes out, me and you yesterday would have gone to the Taylor Hawkins 
tribute we, show. We will have done, and it was yeah. amazing. It was utterly amazing, wasn't it? I can't oh, believe so that emotional. thing happened. I know. Can you I believe really that thing happened? And Gemma, that bit, <laughs> that bit when they pulled you up on stage and got you to sing Everlong, that was just amazing. I was so I proud know. of you. How how did, I mean, how I kept that so secret, I don't know. I know, you know, I mean, talk about surprises. Considering we were sat right at the back as well and they got you all the way to the front that quickly, <laughs> crowd know. surfing. <laughs> yeah, up in the nosebleeds, but at least we're going to be there. It doesn't exactly. matter, does it? <laughs> And we get to sit down. That's a important that's, thing at uh, yeah. our age. <laughs> I mean, having a seat. <laughs> My bigger cushion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then actually the following day. Oh, sorry. Today. Today. This episode comes out. Oh, there's a cat in the background again. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. I'm going to be here in a second. Okay. Little monkey. <laughs> I'm going to be... I'm going to actually, well, unless he changes his mind, but I'm actually going to be meeting Andy for the first time on sun, uh, today, not wow. Sunday, today. So, yeah. <laughs> so, hi, Andy, if you're listening. <laughs> <Doubtful>. <laughs> no, definitely. So, yeah, because obviously you're going to be staying in Reading. Well, not Reading, but. No, you're staying in Deepcart. That's like, well, it's near Reading, but. Yeah, in Surrey. So it's close enough. Reading's not, Reading's not in Surrey. Reading's in Berkshire. Oh, sod off. <laughs> not, not you, but, you know, anyone who thinks that, you know, sod <laughs> it. <laughs> it's all good. So, yeah, so we, I think we need to get ready to get partying now. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, James, have you got any other questions at all? Oh, I can think of. Uh, I think you pretty much exhausted what I was going to ask, Lucy. I mean, you did do the mind reading trick and the adrenaline stuff. So, yeah, I think we've uh, covered all bases, really. Uh, well, actually, I will ask this: What you've obviously done all that? You have you've hit the the heights of doing that. You've hit the other exceptional heights of being on the show. Uh, what are your future plans? Would you want to be on something else? Are you I going mean, to want to do something for uh, akin to what you've done with the, the Commonwealth Games in the future? Oh, I would, I would love to, but um, yeah, I've I've never gone down that route of performing. I did, I did a year at Guildford School of Acting many, many years ago, and that was my little little taster of performing. Um, but no, I'm I'm back to being <laughs> being a project manager at the University of Birmingham and back to reality but uh you never know there might be some other i think i think actually in all seriousness one of the things it has shown certainly the the creative people involved is that there is this sort of breadth of people in birmingham who Mm -hmm. are very you know willing participants in these kind of things so it might be that there's scope for doing stuff in future but certainly not in a any kind of serious level it'll always be a hobby yeah, and it's. It, I suppose it showed all the different cultures of Birmingham as well, didn't it? Because there are so many yeah. different cultures there. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that's what they wanted to show was that there's this breadth of diversity in the city, not just ethnicities, but abilities and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, which is really good. And yeah, I think they did well. Yeah, obviously, like I said, I didn't see the closing ceremony, but I did see the opening one, and I see, saw it all the way through. So. <laughs> because of you <laughs> but, I mean to be fair if you hadn't been on it I wouldn't have watched it I'm not gonna lie but um, tell me that <laughs> well you know no I don't mean uh, I don't mean in the sense that if you hadn't been on the actual tv or whatever yeah. but you know if I if I didn't know that you were performing in it I wouldn't have watched the whole thing but uh yeah it was 
yeah, it was so good. It was such a good event, and uh, you should be really proud of yourself. <laughs> so, well thank done. you, thank you. <laughs> I'll clap very gently because otherwise, Mr. Socks will clap. Um, Mr. Socks will clap. <laughs> oh my god, this dog can talk. He, he can he clap. And he claps. Why is yeah. he not on the podcast? This is yeah. a, this is crazy. <laughs> well, I tell you one thing that we haven't done that you know. I think we should end the episode with, which is. Has anyone got any codswallop this week? Because it's been so positive. Let's bring it down. <laughs> Drag it down to the depths. Yeah. The briny deep. Um, I can't think of anything off the, off the top of my head, I'm afraid. Shall I go first? Because I always have. <laughs> if you, I noticed that Gemma's asking when I think what it is, is the, the rhetorical the rage, question. It yeah. is rhetor- the rage that Gemma has every <laughs> week. She's like, she's like the incredible Hulk melded with the she-hulk she wants to get the rage out so Gemma what's vexed you this week <laughs> well I'm not sure if it actually bothers the both of you because oh well, I know James you know you you live alone I mean the help are all you know I'm assuming downstairs and they've they've got their own facilities you know so you know you don't have this issue and Lucy obviously you've uh You've got your fella who's not with you all the time. So, you know, it's possibly not the case for, you know, everything. But uh, when when you live with someone and they leave just one tiny piece of paper on the toilet drawer, <laughs> and it happens all the time in my house, and it always happens to me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's one of those things that's really annoying. So I thought I'd bring it up. Yeah. Uh, I have a storage box next to my toilet where I keep the spare toilet rolls, so I don't uh, have that problem. I was going to ask, is there not any way that you can have somewhere that you store them? Well, we do. We do have them stored in the cupboard, but that's only if everybody's remembered to restock them. Uh, so, you know, it, it's all right, I think, in a way, when you live on your own, you know that you've done it, or if you haven't done it, then it's like, <laughs> hey, you have to do the water with shame. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's just it's just one of those things that you know I'm like, oh for God's sake, or just the toilet rolls there, and it's like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, there's my first world problems. So <laughs> Lucy, have you got any cod swallow this week? No, not this week. So my boss is on holiday this week. Okay. So. It's been codswallop free. Yeah. It was codswallopy before he went on leave, but now it's all calmed down. Oh, that's all right. Then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure we, you know, I'm sure we love you, boss. You know, no, if, no. if you're listening. <laughs> oh my God, he will not be listening. Okay, I will not right, be then. telling work people about this. I don't need them to know my personality. <laughs> I'm a soulless them. robot at work, and that's how it will remain. <laughs> well, you've uh, you've got a lovely personality, and I, I I appreciate the fact that I know it, and that I don't know the soulless robot. <laughs> well, in that case, then James and Lucy, I think that we've been talking enough codswallop this week. I have been Gemma. As ever, have been James and Lucy. Oh, I, I have been Lucy. <laughs> you have been Lucy. Woohoo! Thank you for joining us again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. <laughs>